Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. For this episode, we're talking about parenting time schedules. Every couple ending their intimate partnership, whether that's working through the court system or working it out between themselves, who have children, has to come up with a parenting time schedule. And that's a schedule for how their children are going to move between the two homes. On the surface, that can seem like a pretty straightforward decision. But once you start discussing the details, it's quickly apparent how complex this can be. My guest today is Shay Dreffs. Shay is the managing editor at Custody Exchange. Custody Exchange is the developer of software that helps parents figure out their parenting time schedule, as well as providing a shared family calendar and a communication platform. Welcome, Shay. Thank you, Mandy. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And I'm so looking forward to our conversation. I was actually having a hard time figuring out where to start because really there's no set answers here. And I guess that's the point because this is really about you and your family and what's going to work for you. Definitely. Yeah. The ideal is that Every family comes up with a unique schedule that works for them and that works for their children. Um, Some states, some courts will set out some ideas or certain ones even have like a default schedule for when people really can't agree. But in general, everyone's schedule is going to need to be a little bit different depending on things like the parent's schedule, the school, what the child needs, how old they are. So yeah, you have, as parents, a lot of flexibility. I mean, at the beginning, once once you're committed to a schedule and um, it's a court order, then you have not as much flexibility, except if you agree, you can make changes. But you have a lot of choices to make when you're going through a divorce, for sure. Right, and I think people often start, start by looking at maybe what they, they know that their friends do and what that schedule looks like, and maybe that's a good place to start, but then you figure out why it doesn't work for you. Yeah. A lot of schedules, it's difficult to wrap your head around what it will actually mean for you on a day-to-day basis. So something like we're going to alternate weeks, one week with the dad, one week with the mom, something like that is easier to understand. But then there's ones that get more complicated where we're going to do two days with parent A and then five days with parent B and five with A and two with B, that's harder to to visualize. So my recommendation is put it down on a calendar 
Um, so you can actually see, okay, who's going to have the kids on the weekend? Who's going to have them, you know, over this occasion? It's it's helpful to visualize it. Right, right. Yeah, I often, in, if I'm when I'm mediating, I actually draw out like a on a piece of paper the seven days. And then it's helpful to put in mom, dad, or mom one, mom oh, two, or exactly. however it works and actually map it out. I, th- I think sometimes people come in with this... I, they already kind of have a commitment that they're going to share time 50-50. So I do try to tell people don't get into counting hours and you have to take a look at the whole year, not necessarily just this month because our calendar isn't very even. And And even (laughs) a year can be different because days fall on different dates and holidays move around and yeah, and that getting exactly 50%, 50% is really difficult. So I totally agree. It's nice to go in wanting some sort of balance, having, you know, each parent has significant time, try to get close to 50-50. But yeah, getting caught up in the numbers is usually not good for anyone. Right. And I think then that that often is a tendency to be looking at your needs rather than your children's needs. Exactly. Yeah, they're certainly not doing the math, are they? Right, right. So most of us work in the US, work a kind of a a five day schedule and like nine to five and weekends off. But there are lots of people that don't have jobs like that, like nurses, doctors, truck drivers, firefighters, police. What advice do you have for people in those situations? Well, I'd say feel free to get creative. In general, it's about what works for you and your family and your children. And if you come to a court and say, this is what works for us and we agree on this, more than nine times out of 10, that's going to be okayed by the judge. So there's all sorts of schedules. If someone works, like if they're on the road, sometimes I've seen um, where one parent will have like, two weeks with the kid and then the other parent will have the third week. You could look at even doing different times of day if you're doing shift work, but really the sky's the limit. So my advice would be look at some examples, look at some of the possibilities we have on our site at custodyexchange.com, many different articles and images too. So you can really get a feel for what it looks like on a calendar of for 50-50, for 60-40 percentage split, 70-30, really anything that parents are looking for, it's possible. Yeah, um, I'm just working with a firefighter right now and they have a, a 48-hour sh- shift followed by 96, which is so, you know, and it means like if if this week they're working Sunday and Monday, next week they're going to work Monday and Tuesday. The week after that, they're going to work Tuesday and Wednesday. And so it goes like that. And I think that that a lot of us kind of want in this stability or consistency mindset, but it's that sort of schedule still has a consistency to it. It means shifting. And and what they've ended up doing is actually doing a rotating three days on, three days off. Okay. And so it's a six-day rotating schedule, which doesn't work with a seven-day week, but Uh it's what works for them. Yeah. 
And then as long as you have that on your calendar so that you're able to look at, you know, hey, three months from now, which day is it that I have the kids again? Uh, So you can plan around it. That'll be key. And then what I imagine what they might do in that situation is use holidays and school breaks. If they feel like one parent is seeing the children a lot more than the other, you could use those to kind of even things out. Right. And I had spoken to another firefighter client of mine sort of saying, well, how does your child adapt to that? Mm -hmm. Because I think that we professionals are often hear how consistency is important and the child needs to know, understand what their schedule is going to be. And my former client said, oh, they know they'll get in the car in the morning and say, well, I was at your house last night. I have two nights at your house. So that means I'm coming to your house tonight. I I think it's kind of like it's a different it was um, really interesting to hear how children are still able to adapt to that sort of change yeah yeah because you're right there is consistency it's just maybe not the most popular schedule but that doesn't matter and a great thing to do is just hang up the schedule somewhere so your child depending on their age can can look at that Yeah, yeah I love that suggestion because that then helps, as I say, and, you know, from a court's perspective, all of those jobs I mentioned are, are legitimate careers and professions, and the court is not going to penalize a parent who's working those jobs by restricting their parenting time because it has to be some sort of different parenting schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And one thing about doing the, the schedule on the wall, I, I was going to share my kids were 11 and 14 when I got divorced. And I think, you know, we as adults, we know that they're going to move between the two houses, but we forget the burden that that creates on our children. And my son more recently told me, he said, yeah, you and dad got divorced and we got to do the work. Hmm. So I think that's something that parents need to remember too in setting the schedule. Yeah, for sure. Because there's a lot of kind of competing factors to balance. One is, is moving back and forth too often going to be difficult? Is there going to be a lot of bags to pack or just trying to keep track of where am I going tonight? Like you said, but then the other thing is how far, how long does a child want to spend away from one parent? They, they might not want to be away from one parent for more than two nights or something like that. So you have to look at the pros and cons and you might have to try out some different schedules, Um, you know, do like a temporary schedule for a while and see if you have to make adjustments and talk to your child about it. So that's an interesting point you bring up about talking to your child, because I do hear, particularly with teenagers, I get asked, well, when does my child get to make the decision I know that the rules are different in some states. In Colorado, child never gets to make the decision. It's always the adults. But what do you recommend to parents about that? Well, we always say talk to your child. If they have input, if they have a preference, definitely take that into account. Of course, in most cases, they're not going to make the final decision. There's going to be the parents' preferences and and just sort of the matter of fact, what's possible, what's workable for us. You're right that there are a couple places where actually legally the child, once they hit a certain age, I believe it's 14, can make the decision, but 
overall, that's not how it works. Overall, it's the judge and or the parents want to hear their preference and hear their feelings and thoughts. But usually the adults are still going to decide what makes the most sense and what's best for the child here. And it really is, I mean, it's best for the adults to try and work this out and not leave it to the court so that to come up with a schedule of course, yes. for themselves. So I, I do think like, you know, my comment earlier about making the kids do the work moving between the houses, asking them for their input, I think kind of helps them give a voice in it and makes them feel less like they're being bossed around or told what to do. Yeah. And I think that that conversation, you have to be careful to not make it sound like you're asking, who do you want to have custody? Who do you want? Who do you like more? Who do you want to spend more time with? Right. It's the questions could be more subtle, like, you know, how are you feeling about moving every X number of days? And is there anything that we could do to make this easier on you? Um, so that they don't feel like they're having to make a choice. It's more about just seeing how they can spend time with both parents in a way that that feels good. That's a really good point to raise here. Really important too. And again, I know like my kids had a, a, a day one and a day two schedule at school. And it was, maybe it's less of a concern now because, but back then they were carrying books in their backpack. So <laughs> it just made it really difficult for them to be, at a, a parent's house in between those schedules or for one night. So yeah. And then sure they beyond, had the right stuff at the right place. It was just a kind of another thing to worry about. Yeah. That's definitely tied to the schedule, but it's something that you could do separately. Once you have a schedule is, is try to have things in both homes for certain things that might not be possible. You maybe don't want to buy two laptops or something like that, right. but you could keep clothes in both homes, sort of personal products or toys for younger children um, so that both places feel like a true home and hopefully cut down on some of that backpacking yeah. and forgetting things. Shay, and I, I've heard sometimes like too that that can even be sports equipment, like mm -hmm. an extra pair of soccer cleats or a pair of soccer cleats at each, each home just yeah. eases that burden of trying to, you know, do I have the, the right things in the right place and schlepping it all between houses? Yeah. Or if you're not going to buy two, maybe keep someone in the car, like soccer cleats, for example, maybe you could just keep in the trunk and never even bring it inside to, so that might help. Right. Shay, let's take a short break. Listeners, my guest today is Shay Dress. Shay is managing editor at Custody Exchange. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back and do stay tuned for more tips on how to make a parenting time schedule that works for you and your kids. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. 
Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about designing your parenting time schedule. My guest today is Shay Dreffs. Shay is the managing editor at Custody Exchange. And I'm going to ask Shay to share a little bit with you about what Custody Exchange is all about. Of course. So Custody Exchange is an online tool for co-parents that tries to help parents through the entire custody process from beginning to end. So from when you first decide that you're going to split up um, until your children are grown, we have tools like what we've been talking about, schedules. Um, You can go in and look at different templates, click on what does an every weekend schedule look like. Like what does a two, two, three schedule look like and play around and, and move the dates and see how much time each parent's getting. And then once you have a schedule, you could go in and mark down what actually happened because sometimes it's not always exactly what was planned, but we have a lot of other tools like a journal where you can go in and write about, this is what happened today. This is um, what my child said they experienced at school. Um, Anything can go in the journal. There's messaging between co-parents. So that's all documented there. And it actually has a warning system so that if you're typing something that's combative, you'll get an alert that says, are you sure you want to send this? Um, (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's important. (laughs) And other things like an expense tracker, a place to keep your children's information, like their measurements for growing kids, um, their medical data, stuff about their friends' contact information. Ideally, pretty much everything that you need as you transition to parenting in two different households, it's there, it keeps you organized, and it keeps you communicating with your other parent. And actually, um, with a, an older child, you they can have a free login so that, like we talked about, keeping them in the loop on the schedule they can log in and check whose house am I at tonight? Whose house am I at tomorrow? Right. So that's, that's nice. And so like both parents would need to sign up. Not need to, no, you can use it just one parent too. And actually one other item that's important that I should mention is the parenting plan when you're initially getting divorced, or if you ever make an update to your parenting plan, we've have a template in there so that you can read through it and, make selections from the common provisions or write your own provision to make sure that you have all your bases covered. But no, you could, you could definitely use the parenting plan on your own, for example, to present a proposal to the other parent and you could use the calendar on your own. You could use the messaging. Of course, that would be difficult to use by yourself, (laughs) but pretty much everything else you could use on your own. But it certainly, it sounds like that um, the ability to kind of like map out a schedule would be pretty helpful to kind of play with that and experiment and then you'd have yeah. a proposal to present to your yeah and you'll, you'll you'll have the written version and then the visual calendar which is nice because the courts will want to see something in wording but for the rest of us it's usually nice to be able to to look at a calendar and the big thing with that is, okay, it's easy enough to figure out where my child will be this week and next week. But what about when we start talking about the holidays and vacation and school breaks and what takes priority 
you know, is it going to, to interrupt our schedule? And trying to wrap your head around that is really hard. So it's nice to have the computer just lay it all out for you. Yeah, I do run into, and this is relevant to our discussions, like, you know, you figure out your schedule now and it's working for everybody, but then vacations next year come up and all of a sudden what was your week is now the other parents' week and you're surprised by that or didn't anticipate it and now you've got all these other conflicts on your calendar with other commitments that you've made. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, planning is key in pretty much all aspects of co-parenting. <laughs> um, so I have an, another question for you. And that's, I think so, sometimes most of us think in terms of if you've got more than one child, then both children follow the same schedule. But it doesn't have to be that way, does it? Right. It doesn't have to be. Um most people do probably follow the same schedule for all their kids, um, just to make it simpler. But yeah, especially if you have like a big age gap between children, or if one of your children has special needs, whatever your situation is that warrants having a couple different schedules, that is definitely doable. I've also seen that with like infants. Mm-hmm. and infants versus toddlers and obviously toddlers can be away from one parent for longer and especially if the infant is still nursing that can get challenging or a reason to for them to have a very different schedule from the sibling yeah infants are pretty unique in that they'll tend to have some shorter visits because yeah they need they need to eat often and sleep often and so the schedule that you work out today, obviously, they, certainly in the case of an infant, and that doesn't won't last you till they graduate high school. So do you have a recommendation yeah. on how often you should plan on trying to meet with your co-parent and revisiting the schedule? Well, there's kind of two ways to do it. One is you can try to plan ahead. So you might say, okay, this is our schedule for the next 18 months. But when our child turns X age, then we'll switch to this schedule. That takes some foresight and you'll probably still want to be checking in with each other and saying, okay, is this working the way we anticipated? Do we need to make any adjustments? And then the other way is doing it more as you go. So I would recommend putting in your parenting plan an agreement that you're going to discuss every however often feels right to you. Maybe once a year, if you're just getting started and you really don't know how it's going to go, you might want to do more often, um, every six months or something. But it's good to have it written down when it's going to happen so that you have that reminder to actually do it. And I find oftentimes changing schools, like going from kindergarten to elementary, elementary to middle school, middle school to high school, those are big shifts that often trigger a need for a different schedule. And then also once they get into high school and perhaps if you have a child who's an athlete, they have a, a, a more demanding schedule for those activities. So you might have to make some other changes for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if one parent moves, uh, gets a new job, yeah, there's a lot of times when you might have to either take a completely new schedule on or just make some adjustments to your existing one. 
Right. And like you said before, the best thing is always to try to agree on something. <laughs> you um, don't want to have to go to court if you don't have to. No, no, it's all, yes, absolutely. So something else, and this may happen over time, that I've seen people do is when they get new partners involved and the new partners have children, then people try to align parenting schedules with their partner's new children. I'm kind of tempted to say, just kind of say, well, good luck with that and leave it at that. <laughs> I, I was feeling the same have way. New partners. <laughs> Yeah, Ooh, that is going to be so dependent on your personal situation, right? I mean, do the step-siblings get along? And that would probably be a great time to talk to the children and say, how do you feel about this and touch base with them? Right, but it might be just, I mean, it, it's a big ask too of your other parent to switch their schedule around so you can maybe align your parenting time with your new partner's children coming to you uh-huh. it's yeah yeah that, that sounds like there'll have to be some many conversations within those families that's that's a tough one and I'm not sure that the court would have too much patience or empathy with that sort of situation <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's not something that I I have any personal experience with. Has that come up with your clients? Um, no, because most of the time I'm working with them right the at one. the time of the, the divorce. So we have a, a few more minutes left and I have a, a couple of questions. I, I wanted to All jump right. back to, we had talked about having different schedules for different children. And just sometimes I found that children actually value one-on-one time with a parent. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, you can get that through the custody schedules or you could try to get it somehow even when you do have custody of multiple children at a time. But yeah, that's a good point. And I guess that just underscores to try and build this around the children's needs and that it's not permanent. It needs to be, it's it's kind of a living document that needs to change as your family's needs change. Yeah. Just like your schedule would change if you had stayed married, it's going to continue to shift now that you're not. Right. I have um, another question where a lot of states tie child support into the Mm. number of overnights. Yeah. And that can create a rigidity in the parenting plan. Like I have to have this number of overnights or it creates a financial incentive for the parenting schedule to be one way, which might actually not work. I'm curious what you, how you would suggest approaching those sort of situations or those concerns. Yeah, like with anything when it comes to child custody, we pretty much always recommend children's needs first, right? So hopefully child support is not the primary motivation when you're coming up with a schedule. And the idea behind child support calculation is that it's supposed to be designed fairly so that both parents are contributing what they can, what the child needs. So ideally you want to pick the schedule that makes the most sense and then have faith that the child support is going to even out the expenses to to level that both parents can handle. But yeah, primarily you want to think about what's going to work best for the child and and not 
not look at the calendar with the calculator in your hand, maybe. I, I have had that come up in with like teenagers where one parent agrees the child can stay at the other parent's house, almost have all overnights there in terms of the parenting plan and leave, leave it up to the child to decide because they have their own transportation, but they're heavily involved in sports and they're working. And then the parents say, because that parents agreed to do this and that's in the child's best interest, we're agreeing to calculate child support as if it was 50-50. So we're not forcing our child to a rigid schedule. And then they're asking the court to set child support based on that. And I have seen that work. Wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that sounds like parents who work very well together because a lot of people aren't able to be that flexible because they just don't see eye to eye and they need something on paper. But certainly if you can arrange a schedule more as you go and that works with you and you're willing to be talking to the child and the other parent regularly, you can you can make whatever changes to the schedule you need to. Right. Shay, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and having this really important conversation with me. I really appreciate you sharing your insights and wisdom with our listeners. Absolutely. It was great to talk to you. And one thing I should mention is that Custody Exchange, it is an app, but we're not in the app store. So if you want to find us, custodyexchange.com is the best way. Um, There's no E, it's custody X change. And from there, you can actually download the app. Awesome. And we will make sure that a link to custody exchange is in the show notes so our listeners can find it easily. Great. Thank you. And, you know, best of luck to all the parents trying to, to figure out a schedule. You'll find one that works, even if you have to try a couple. Right. Thank you, Shay. Thanks, Mandy. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. 
Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcastworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast.